Triple M rocks the NRL 24-7 through the Triple M app. Thanks to Ream. Steady, hot and strong. Install a Ream. Sunday. A day to worship. Worship a small egg-shaped ball. Oh no, he drops the ball. Just as long as I'm here in your arms, I could be in no better place. I've got to respect the ball. You're simply the best. Long live the weekend. Long live rugby league. Woo! Oh, you've got to love your rugby league. With you on a Sunday afternoon. Welcome to the Triple M Sunday Sydney. And welcome back to it. Of course, Maroons Pub Quiz. We've still got to do that uh, the, uh, this week. The jackpot, the vending machine jackpot prize pool is back to $3. Anything you want in the vending machine for $3 as we do Maroons Pub Quiz tonight. The topic, Reedy, is uh, NRL Grand Final. So I don't know how your Grand Final trivia is, but we'll do that. Uh, by the way, if you've just joined us, I've got my poll out as we speak. And the poll, Maroon's poll today is, should Anthony Seabold walk away now? You can tell us at the Triple M NRL Facebook page. The game we haven't spoken about yet, the Thursday night game between Parramatta and the Melbourne Storm. Parramatta won the game 14-0, thanks to our mates at Tyre Power. Lots and lots of controversy, boys, around crusher tackles in the game. So before I go to you, I might go to the first bit of audio I want to play you, uh, which is uh, both Brad Arthur and Craig Bellamy talking about uh, crusher tackles in the press conference. A couple of crusher tackles when the report, Brad, did you have a view on them? Well, it's hard to see him close up in the box, but um, yeah, sorry, mate, no. Don't. The seat I want seemed to be, I don't want to phrase this right, uh, he seemed to go down reasonably easy and stay down. Like, did you. What do you mean, go down reasonably? Well, he stayed down. It looked as though he stayed down for. It didn't look that bad on the vision. Yeah, well, I'd have to have a look at it again, but no-one's deliberately staying down, mate. Brad, Brad just defended his place and said they don't stay down. He doesn't coach him to stay down. Did you think there was a bit of a, a hint of players staying down there? I think I'd disagree with Brad on that. OK, so there you go. Um, there's the question that our very own Brent Reid puts to Brad Arthur about players staying down after crusher tackles. Craig Bellamy says he disagrees with Brad Arthur. I just want to play the next audio, boys, and then you can go for your life. Here's, uh, now this is Brad Arthur responding on the Saturday NRL show. I didn't see um, Billy Eight's press conference, but obviously I, I know what happened there. Um, but, yeah, look, um, not at any stage um, have we talked about it as a group or a team, players trying to milk penalties or, or you know, um, lay down on the back of a real important tackle, like a crusher tackle. Um, if the boys feel pressure on their neck and, you know, they've got some drama there, well, obviously, that you know, they're, they're staying down. But, um, but it's never been discussed as a group. And, you know, like I think it's um, ridiculous to, to challenge any of our boys on that. OK, nine gone, dogs, warriors, nil all. But there you go, boys, the crusher yeah, that, tackle that, gate. Oops. Oh, that go, second go one on Sivo, like when it looked and he just lay down... I doubt whether there was pressure on his neck, you know, but Sivo does lay down a bit. He's one of those guys coming off his try line. You know, Minnie Mouse would tackle him and he stays down, but when he's going for a try on his own line, you know, mate, the incredible Hulk can't stop him. You know, he's one of those guys, Sivo. He's got a bit of a lay down in him, but um, the only way you're going to stop it, and players do do it, the only way you're going to stop it 
is if the referees take out that they're not the trainers, they're not the medical staff, and they just take the ball and move it over two metres and the game plays on and then the staff runs out to get them, that will stop players from laying down to try to get a penalty and then they leave it in the match review committee's eyes that they review the tapes and go, yes, that's a grade two crusher or whatever, uh, and they deal with it. But if it's a real hard one, we all see it. The referee acts then and there if it's a real blatant one. But other than that, if the referee can't, can't see, I believe that they got to just move the ball and play on. So just on that point, Gordon, about the fact that you believe Michael Suvo does at times uh, lay down, down yeah. and that other players also in the, in the game do do that. Um, is that that's something? Not him. That's just every player would do it, yeah, because they want to get a penalty. Is that coached though? Or? I don't think it's coached. I think that it would hurt a little bit, and they think, well, I'm going to get a penalty here, so they lay down. So it's gamesmanship. Gamesmanship. Yep. Yeah, like, look, I, I don't, you know, I don't think that they want the players. And then, like, you see him. It's like when Sean Johnson, you know, like, if I'm pulling at someone's mouth and he's got his mouth open, it's going to feel like he bit me. And I think when Sean Johnson realised that he was pulling it in his mouth and he didn't get bit, but you know, he had his hand in his mouth pulling it back. Of course, it's going to feel that way. You know, I think I think the referee has to take it out of the players' hands at some stage because. Bellamy doesn't like it. And if it happens to Parramatta in the next couple of weeks and they get beaten, well, their fans aren't going to like it either. Because no fans would like it when the other team, it looks like an innocuous tackle, they go down, there's an accident that happened, and he lays down to get a penalty or to get the guy put on report. Speaking of gamesmanship, Rudy, you were in that press conference there on Thursday night, and I found it interesting. Just talk us through what happened with Bellyache's press conference because it got wrapped up fairly yeah. swiftly. So I actually walked past Craig on my way down to the press conference and you could see he was seething with what had happened uh, on the field. And I, was, I assume he was angry about – I mean, his team played – I thought they played reasonably well given all the players they had out. I think he was more angry at the way his players were placed on report over those two incidents. Um, so he's coming to the press conference and Frank Panissi, the football manager, head of footy at, at Melbourne, was standing just over to the side – um, and, and normally the, uh, Craig would go first because they were the losing team. Craig went second, obviously to give him time to calm down. He's come in the press conference. Obviously we got, quickly got round to the, the diving accusations and sort of uh, Craig answered one question on it and Frank wound it up, said we've got to catch a plane. And it was obviously to stop Craig, um, you know, losing the plot, mm. I guess, because he was so angry about what had happened. And, look, I can't blame Frank for doing that. I think it's a smart move by Frank to stop Craig um, going down a path he didn't want to go down or may, may have gone down because he was in such a foul mood about what had gone on out there. But, you know, I, I'm with – I don't think teams – I'd be stunned if coaches are telling their players to stay down. I just think some players just have a tendency to do it, a tendency to stay down. And, and you know, uh, neither of those Melbourne blokes got – uh, charged Albert Vede and Cooper Johns. Cooper Johns. Um, I thought I was surprised Vede didn't get charged. I thought that was a, I thought that was a crush attack. Play, Cooper Johns won. He hardly even touched him. Players, yeah. th- players that are turning. The, look, it, it's. I agree that you got to protect the player at all times because when he's carrying the ball, he can't protect his head and his neck region, right? And I've had neck surgery, so. As a game, we have a right to protect the players, but a lot of players these days, because they're catching. They spin and like someone like an Aaron Woods, they make more meters going backwards. So, so like, how do you wrestle them down? And then when they sit down, mm. your weight is trying to push them back. So accidents do happen, and that's how the crusher tackle come in. And then 
you know, does he call held uh, more frequently? But if I was Craig Bellamy, I would be seething too because you got Big Nelson Asafa Solomona. He got sent off for 10 minutes, mm-hmm. sin bin for, for that head-eye shot. Yep. And he should have. But then his player down the other end runs towards uh, to score a try and gets his jaw broken. Mm. Ex- same game, same yep. referee, yep. and nothing happens. I think that was probably uh, beneath the surface a big part yeah. of why Craig's blood was boiling yeah, so yeah. much. I'll say this on the Nakore one, though, the Murata Nakore shot on Brandon Smith's what you're talking about, Gordon. I think the difference, and I'm not defending it for a minute, no. but Nelson was shoulder direct straight into the head, whereas with the Brandon Smith and the Nakore one, he was actually trying to wrap his arm. Like there was separation. But he still made contact between in his, his jaw. Absolutely yeah. oh, did. Look. I get it, and it's the last thing you can't do because if because if Brandon Smith right, so like if you're carrying the ball and you protect your head and you put your elbow up and you get him in the head, well they think that it's horrible and you get eight weeks when you try to protect your head, but then someone can swing and break your jaw, hmm. or uh, Nelson Osofa Solomona, he's got to he's got to get a better target. They got to hit around the sponsors, but because they're trying to wrap up the ball, they try to hit above the ball now, which makes it. So much easier to hit people right in the jaw, and we're going to get more of those. Can I say, Gordy, on the stuff you said about the crusher tackle before, this is one of the reasons I had an issue with the NRL's rule changes during the week, where they made a grade one is now a two-match suspension. And half the time, the grade ones are pure accidents because a guy backs into the defensive line, and they're almost unavoidable. And now we're going to see players, as Canterbury score a try through Nick Meany, we're going to see players missing games for what I think are just pure accident cannot be avoid, unavoidable accidents. Oh, I think you're being a bit too friendly there, you saying can. that they're accidents, Rudy. You like, can the because tackle. you can. You make your target in a different spot. Tony Carroll would never have got anybody in a crusher because he hit their rib cage running forward, right? So it's the way that they tackle, and then when you lose the contact, Rudy. So when they first lose that contact, that's when they lose control of the tackle, and that's when they're trying to. Get you know, get back and get some, and then that's when it happens because they're having a second and third go at stopping the guy. You got to get in there early and win the first bit of contact. And if they do that, there won't be any crushes. All right, been a scourge on the game for many years now. The crusher tackle. I applaud the NRL for the stance that they're taking on it. Yes, I know there's going to be uh, issues like we've seen arise over the course of this weekend. But you go back to that one. Russell Packer had one earlier this season. That was a shocker. It was damn lucky that uh, we Mm. didn't see serious injuries as a result of those tackles. We don't see the players losing their feet anymore. Like then, like remember when we'd see it where the players like they drop their legs and their whole weight would you know come on their back. Like then they're out of the game now. Gordon, you know it's a tough enough game. Game as it is. Yep, it's a without. tough enough game as it is without that rubbish in it as well. Yeah. Boys, uh, just interrupting, uh, Doggies 4, Warriors nil. 16 gone on the coach, on the uh, scoreboard there, the tire power scoreboard. The try is right on the sideline, so we're just waiting to see if it gets Some converted. nervous people in Brisbane after Absolutely. that. Absolutely. the grounds for Brighton's lawyers. Still a long way to go. Uh, now, let's talk about Parramatta. They've got the Rabbitohs next week. And they've got uh, the Warriors the week after. I'll just give you one more. Then they've got the Panthers, which should be a cracker, in round 18. Where do we think Parramatta are at the moment? Gordy, I'll start with you. Do you think the Eels are a red-hot chance of making and or winning the Premiership? Oh, they've got to improve, but they're certainly a better side than what they were last year on winning the tight, close games. Um, it's just um, they've got to play someone like a Penrith. To really see, and if they, you know, like uh, they beat the Melbourne Storm, I would have liked to have seen them score 
a few more points, you know, um, against a sort of decimated Melbourne Storm side, but they won the game and they were in control of it. And that's something that Parramatta probably wouldn't have won two years ago. So I think that they're improving, but you don't know until they, you know, go on a run and play someone like Penrith. But I think they are a better side. In the Fair Dinkum Department, Gordy, without, with all the injuries and suspensions for the Melbourne Storm, it was like a Sunshine Coast Falcons mm. side. Uh, look, the positive signs for Parramatta are they didn't allow Melbourne to score any points whatsoever. Uh, and the fact that they have plateaued over the course of the last six or eight weeks, like there was a period there when the competition resumed where they looked that fit uh, mm. and they were flying that fast that the, they looked as though they may well be unstoppable and that they could have ended the NRL's longest premiership drought uh, this year. They have plateaued. Mitchell Moses hasn't come back the, the same player since he had to have a little bit of time out uh, with that injury, as I see, if the dogs just scored yeah, again, Maroon, yeah. Foreign. Yep. Foreign, yeah, eight nil dogs, eight nil over the Warriors. Um, were you still going hoops? No, nah, all yours. The stage is yours, already. <laughs> I, was, I mean, I think Parramatta are in that cycle where they're spending so much of their time, and Brad spoke about it during the press comments. So much of their time in the moment is focused on getting their defence right that I think their attacks off a little bit. That'll come good. I mean, you know, they don't have to worry because they're in such a good position. They're going to finish top four. Mm-hmm. They can take their time, fix up the defence, get themselves um, ready for the finals, and their attack will come good at some point. So yeah. I'm not worried if I'm a Parramatta fan. Obviously, the other thing that we discuss out of this game, no, Cameron Smith didn't play, but now we are talking about, Reedy's already touched on it, the future of Cameron Smith. How soon does he need to make a decision? Should he, A, leave Melbourne and we hear the Broncos, but are the Titans a genuine option if he was to do something like that? I think they are. And I know everybody that you speak to, and Gordon's a Gold Coast ambassador, so we'll get his view on it. Everybody says that having signed Tino Fasua Malawi and also David Fafita, and then they've got Ash Taylor on a million dollars as well, still signed for next season, that they won't have the cap room. But there's still the Bryce Cartwright issue. Bryce Cartwright's Mm -hmm. on $650,000. He's not playing with the club. He's told the club that he doesn't wish to remain there beyond this season. So if they can shift the jigsaw pieces around the puzzle a little bit, well, all of a sudden they they may well be able to make a a proper significant play for Cameron Smith. And if they could land his signature, all of a sudden they go from a team that can make the finals to a team that is a genuine premiership threat Mm. next year. Right. I'm going to throw this question out there. It's the toughest decision I think a club's had to make ever. Cameron Smith, so they've got the three best hookers probably in the game at the moment. Yep. they got one who's arguably the greatest of all time and has been a club legend and probably the probably their greatest leader that they've had at the club, and that's with someone like Glenn Lazarus. Then you've got hectic cheese that you can build a franchise around with Brendan Smith and he can lead a club and he's going to change and he's one of those guys that everybody loves to play with. And you've got a franchise player in Harry Grant. Mm-hmm. So it is the toughest decision and – I would take it out of Cameron's hand. I think Melbourne's got to be polite to him and say, mate, you know, in a way and show him the door a little bit. Mm. Gordy, you know I mean? because, I, mate, because Cameron's got to go, I'm so loyal. I'm going to stay at Melbourne. I want to finish. And I think Melbourne's got to go, hey, Cameron, in the nicest possible way ever, which I wouldn't want to have the conversation, nah. Cameron, I would love you to still play here, but I would love you to leave more. Well, 
you make a great point, Gordy, because we saw it happen with Cooper Cronk. That was a decision that Cooper came to, that he decided he wanted to move to Sydney and he wanted to challenge himself at a different club. And he went on and won two titles yeah. with the Sydney Roosters. And look, I'm sure Cameron Smith wants to remain loyal with the Melbourne Storm, but I don't think it tarnishes his legacy no. whatsoever if he did no. decide to go and have an additional two seasons. And the way he's played over the course of the last 18 months, oh. he could easily... Keep playing. Mm. No problem. Gordy, I think the decisions... And there's no wrong decision. I think the decision's made, Gordy. I don't think... If he plays next year, he will not be a Melbourne. He will not be a Melbourne. I'll tell you now. I think the decision's done. Why, why, Reedy? Because they know that if he runs around next year... What, one of Brandon Smith or Harry Grant's gone, gone. yeah. And that's the future gone, right? And I, th- and I think uh, they've, in the nicest possible way, they've given Cam Smith time to make a decision on whether he plays or doesn't play. But if he plays, I think um, – I, I don't know if they've specifically told Cam, but I think people around Cam know that – if he plays on, it won't be in Melbourne. Yeah. And I think it'll be in Brisbane. I think if he plays on next year, it will be at the Broncos. But you have to ask what would be his motivation because he's been How in... do they have money in the cap? Well, they missed out on Fafita. Yeah. They only offered They're about to tear up Pangai's contract. They only offered him 600 Reedy. And Pangai. So you, yeah, okay, so you're telling Pangos. me... Ah, so you're telling me that Cameron Smith's only worth 600 No, no. They got the Dave Fafita money. Which yeah, they, which was six hundred that they said, and that's and if, why they lost. And it. If Pangai goes, when it was nine hundred that they offered, if Pangai him. goes. Well, there's one point yeah, well. two something. Where do they keep on finding this money, Reedy? Well, you played there, Gordy. You told me. Hey, where do they find the money, let, boys? Let me ask you I don't this: know, though. I got offered more to play let, at the Roosters. Let, so. let me ask you this: If he leaves, <laughs> he he's lived in, he's lived in Melbourne. He's been in Melbourne since two thousand and two. So apart from the fact that he's played in the NRL since two thousand and three or whatever it is, like he's. He's been he's lived in Melbourne now most of his life. He's got kids that have been born. Yeah. What's his motivation? His, his life's in Brisbane now. His life his life is going to be on the, in South East Queensland. I think his his kids are in school up there, aren't they? At the Gold yeah, Coast, they've already so, enrolled yes. in school up there. So mm. when Cam retires, he's, so going, he's, going, he's going up, up anyway. There anyway. Yeah, right. Okay, yeah, I think right. they bought a block mm. of land on, in somewhere in South East Queensland mm. near the Gold Coast. Mm. So. Um, I think his future's up there anyway. Oh well, that's all. Yeah. There you go. Well, that'd be great for the Titans. Yeah, well, wonderful. It, yeah, absolutely. Well, Gold Coast or Brisbane or even the Cowboys for that instant. You know, like uh, if he wants to come up and play, I think there wouldn't be a Queenslander that wouldn't love to see him running out for any of the Queensland teams. And I just think that the game wouldn't hold it against Cameron if he did leave. And I just Not at all. You, you know what I mean? Like, and I think it's a tough decision. Like, then, Matt, as I was saying, it's a real tough decision for him. But, I think Maroon, that's... I got this, mate, and you know what really irks me? Mm. His name's David Murphy, right? Yep. Like, he's he's a tall dwarf, the poor little bugger, right? But he starts to talk like you. He sends me texts. He's a he's a crazy Parramatta fan. Right. And he keeps on calling me a palooka. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, he got where that does he right, get... <laughs> Good on mate, you, Murph. Where does... Mate, where does he get that palooka from? Well, uh, I had an uncle when I was living in Redfern used to call me a palooka. That's where I heard it. And, and like, what does it mean? What is it? I think it just means an idiot or something. Gibra. Oh, it's, like it's like so a my mate David Murphy. Yeah. 10, 20 years ago. Yeah. We, yeah. We and might he thinks get... Parramatta's going to win the comp too. Oh, well, good on you, Murph. Thanks for, thanks for knowing <laughs> that, that Gordy's a palooka. It's, <laughs> it's dogs 10. It's Warriors nil, 18 left in the first half. That score thanks to Tyre Power. When we come back, we're going to lighten things up a little bit. We've got some uh, NRL news and we've got the pub quiz. It's gone viral. It's gone absolutely burko. It's gone one step beyond burko. And you know what that is, Hoops? It's gone bunter. And we're going to do it next <laughs> as Triple M rocks the food. <laughs> 
Sunday Sydney. Nice to be with you on a Sunday afternoon. Triple M rocks footy. Welcome back to it. It's uh, the Sunday Sinbin thanks to Bryden's Lawyers, the big name across New South Wales and Queensland, Brent Reid, uh, James Triceps Hooper, so too Gordon Tallison Maroon. It's 10-0. The Doggies lead the Warriors on the tyre power scoreboard. Just an update on my poll. Maroon's poll today. Should Anthony Seabold walk away now? 71% of people agree with me. I think Anthony Seabold should walk away now. Reedy, who is a Seabold sympathiser... <laughs> doesn't think he should walk away now. Or do you think he should walk away now? Oh, I think he should finish the season. Right, okay. Yeah. Right, uh, let me just interrupt what, here, boys. What's that in COVID? No, no, he's <laughs> out. Comes out tomorrow. He's out of quarantine. Tomorrow? Oh, oh, tomorrow, okay. So, like, then, so he yeah. should finish the season in quarantine because they played their best without him the other yeah. night. Yeah. He was get, on Zoom, Gordy. G'day to... Uh, oh, okay, so he's coaching through Zoom. Yeah, Zoom, yeah. G'day, g'day to everybody who is in quarantine, my daughter and my two grandkids, Isaac and Kennedy. Isaac, quarantine's a good place for you. Yeah. It's hey, time. Yes, go on. Just imagine the people in quarantine with Wendell. Oh, my God, I know. <laughs> I know. Oh, Jewel International, that's right. Yeah, he yeah. would just be he talking gets out Wednesday, and talking. Wednesday. Mm. Yeah. All right, let's do this. Welcome to Maroon's Trivia Night. Yes, well, look, I've decided on the prize today because it goes back to $3 from the Triple M vending machine because oh. um, Paul Kent put it all on the line last week and he come up. Didn't I win empty. last week? Yeah, but see, Jack Kent, potted it. Kenny yeah. needed to win, but now oh, okay. it goes back to $3. But I'm going to give you the option of $3 to spend in the vending machine or 7800 Ugandan shilling. You can have <laughs> whatever you want. You can have your pick. 7800 Ugandan shilling or $3 <laughs> to spend in the uh, Triple M vending machine. Now, what's that convert to? That converts to $3 Australian. <laughs> but it sounds like a lot, doesn't it? Now... Our questions today are all about NRL Grand Finals because I thought we should just get ready for NRL. Now, Reedy, your name is your buzzer, okay? So first one to get to three. Last week's winner is Hoops. We're proud of you, Hoops, because Lord knows you're starting from a long way back, aren't you, mate, eh? You're not the sharpest tool in the shed, but you got up last <laughs> mate, week. there's mirrors at your house. Yes. Don't make me start. All right. Name is your buzzer. How many points did Canberra score in last year's NRL Grand Final? Hoops. Yes, Six. And six is incorrect. So you would go to minus one. Eight. Was it? Eight? It was eight, yes. But just that question's gone now. Question number two. Oh, do I get a point for that? No, no. you don't. Oh, no, you don't. No. You're already on borrowed time. <laughs> and in last year's NRL grand final, in last year's NRL grand final, who won the Clive Churchill medal? Brent. Yes. Luke Keery? And you're also a minus one. Hang on here, Gordy. You might win this one on default. <laughs> if they get the minus oh, three, do White. I win? Jack White. Oh, yeah. it's just Jack White. Do I get a point for that? No, you don't. Okay. Question number three. Who scored the Roosters' first try in last year's NRL Grand Final? Yes. Sam Verrills. And you back to zero. So, Hoops and Gordy, you're zero. Uh, Reedy, you're a minus one. Uh, nice easy one here. Hand on your buzzer. What team lost the 2015 Grand Final? Hoops. Broncos. No, lost? That's right, the Broncos. Oh, you dribbler. (laughs) So now you're up to one. So you're winning. Yep. Okay. And in that Grand Final, who won the Clive Churchill medal? Gordy. Gordy. Thurston. Yeah, one all. Hoops. It should have been Anthony Milford. And Gordon Tallis. Close, wasn't it? Yeah. And uh, Reedy, our guest today. He's let his family down. He's let his friends down. He's Stop let himself the down. Into Reedy, mate. Well, Enough. he's come straight right. in off the back fence yeah. onto me. Right. Manly beat the Storm 40 0 in the grand final of what year? Hoops. Hoops. 2008. And you are now on two points. 
You're going to get the shekels. I knew that too. I knew that one. You're going to do, did you, mate? I actually well, had a little second guess and was thinking 11, and then I went, no, no, no. Beaver. Like, remember when Beaver scored? Yeah, that's right. It was Beaver's last game. Two minutes ago. I'll ask the questions around here. Okay. Here we go. You're supposed to be running this circus, Festa. If you think so. What year was the last grand final played at the SFS? Gordy. Yes. But 1998. Yes, indeed. Gordon, He's on two as well. Yeah, it it's yeah. two all. What You haven't struck a blow here. Oh, Reedy. Okay. And who kicked the field goal in the 2006 grand final? Who kicked? Hoops. Yes. 2006. Five, four. I didn't lock you. Yes. Oh, yes, indeed. Oops. Yeah, well done, mate. Have won. Now, the big question is, would you like the 7,800 Ugandan shekels or would you like the $3 to spend or would you like to come back and play next week? Jackpot. Yeah, come back we'll next the, week. Take the jackpot. Yeah, yeah, I admire that. Can I come back next week and uh, play? Of course you can, yeah, buddy. Okay. If you, well, you, you, you're well-dressed so at least. So now you're not again. No, good, no, good you. but you're a Seabold sympathiser and he needs to have one around here. Dogs 10, <laughs> Warriors nil. 11 till half time as Triple M rocks the footy. Sunday Sydney. Nice to be with you on a Sunday afternoon. Triple M rocks footy. Welcome back to it. And uh, the Dogs 10 lead the Warriors 6 with nine and a half minutes to go till half time for our friends at Tyre Power. At Tyre Power, get up to $150 cash back on selected BF Goodrich tyres at Tyre Power right across uh, the listening area, right across New South Wales and Queensland, Tyre Power. So uh, this part here now, uh, uh, Reedy, Gordy and, of course, Hoops, you know, this is where we just take, check off on some NRL news that's floating around the place and uh, see what you guys think, what you guys know. Firstly, uh, Reedy, Foran balks at Dogs offer and then Dogs pull the offer. So does that mean Kieran Foran won't be at the Dogs next year? Well, I don't think necessarily. I think sometimes offers get pulled and then they come back on the table if a bloke wants to come back to the table. So I don't necessarily think it's done and dusted there. I just think at the moment um, Kieran's indicated he wants longer than they want to give him and... Mm. Uh, he's going to have a look around, and I think, you know, if the dogs haven't spent that money, then I'm sure the offer will be there at some point if, if Kieran wants to talk seriously to them about one year a one-year deal. I don't think, Hoops, anyone would question his ability, uh, what the difference is the dogs attack when he plays, but the poor bugger, he's so injury-prone. Well, he's had a reasonably good run this season, but over the course of the last couple of years, his first two with Canterbury, uh, and let's not forget, he signed a three-year deal worth $3 million. Uh, Kieran did have his injury issues. He tore a pec. Uh, he had other injury issues with ankles and whatnot, and um, it, it wasn't a particularly fruitful period for him. But this season, he has managed to rehab well from that shoulder surgery that he needed over the summer after injuring it playing for the Kiwis. And to his credit, the COVID shutdown helped him mm. because he was able to rehab his body, get it right. He hasn't missed very many games since, if any at all. Uh, and if he doesn't play, well, it, it, it's pretty simple. Basically, the Dogs are no chance of winning this season. So I, I can understand the Bulldogs' position. I think they've been respectful about it. I think the money that they've offered is about the right price. It had some incentives also built into it as well, where uh, if Kieran played X amount of games, then there was more money there. And if the Bulldogs made the finals, then again, you know, that triggered bonuses. So 
I think the Bulldogs have handled this one as best they can up until now. Okay. Now, um, Triple M's favourite son, Triple M NRL's favourite son, Joshy Reynolds. Now, he's been linked to the English Super League. Gee, wouldn't it be great to see Joshy Reynolds playing in the Super League or just playing somewhere on a regular basis? I mean, gee, he's had a wretched run of luck, Reedy, not just mm. on in the NRL but in his personal life. Yeah, I mentioned this on Thursday night on Triple M, actually, Maureen. Thanks for listening, um, that Joshy Reynolds uh, – there could be an option over there for him. Uh, hinges on a few. There's a few moving parts over there. Um, I think Joe Field's got to play one more game to qualify for a deal at Wigan. Uh, Bevan French might be coming home. He wants to come home. Um, and if he comes home, it might open up a spot at Wigan as well. So there's a few things to play out in England that could lead to Josh Reynolds getting an offer to play over there, a, lo- a longer-term offer. Um, and if that comes, the Tigers won't stand in his way. They'll, they'll happily let him go. So... There's a bit of water to cross under the bridge there before that comes to fruition. All right. Uh, so let's assume that comes off. Joshy Reynolds takes off to the Super League. He'd kill it over there. He'd be oh, a bit yeah. like Blake Austin. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Uh, suit him down to the ground. Yeah. And then Addo Carr has been possibly linked, linked to, the tie back, to, to the Tigers, but he wants to play fullback. The tie-back. Mm. The tie-back. Tie so a new team. They're the new wow. Brisbane team. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so, yeah, Josh Adokar, look, the Tigers are interested. Uh, there has been some talk that he may play fullback at the club. I'm not sure that he would just waltz straight in and walk straight into the number one jumper. I think the Tigers are probably prepared to pay him um, elite winger money, so probably up around the, the $500,000 a season mark. I think that's what Josh is looking for, perhaps even a little bit more. Uh, Adam Dewey won't be the Tigers' long-term fullback. They've, Why is that? Oh, he's probably just a little bit slow, Gordy, in terms of his uh, positional play around the field. So move and him into 5'8 or somewhere like either that. Either there or perhaps the centres. Um, yeah. I, I think he's a damn good player, but yeah. I, I think there's a view. Um, if you remember, you know, he had quite an emotional game <coughs> a, a few weeks back. I think he knew yeah. he was pretty close to uh, getting the tap on the shoulder and, and perhaps being um, demoted. Michael Maguire has shown that he's not afraid to make tough calls like that. Uh, so, look, he'll still be there, but Josh Adokar, yes, the Tigers are interested. I can't see too many other NRL clubs uh, queuing up to try and sign him, so it's just a matter of them trying to make the room and strike the right price. When, now, when, when are we going to keep on letting players say, I want to play fullback? Yeah, I, I agree, Good. I hate because, that. I hate because that. Because that is the highest paid position in the back line, that number seven. Yeah. Yeah, so t- yes. every winger or centre say, oh, "I want to be fullback because then it's because then Cha-ching. the price goes up at least two hundred thousand dollars." Would yep. that be right? Yeah, I'm, I'm told Absolutely. one club was told they could have had a car to play fullback, and I believe the figures they were quoted were eight hundred, eight fifty, nine hundred, nine fifty. Mm. Apparently, that's what I'm told. So wow. that is um, for an unknown fullback, and I think they the club basically said, "See you later." See you later. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's a great winger. Well, the club was looking for a fullback, well, weren't necessarily looking for a fullback, so they said, see you later. But, you know, it sounds like the Tigers are the only club in for him at the moment, Hoops. Yeah, I think Canterbury pulled the pin, right? between the yeah. lines. Yeah, I mm. think the Bulldogs were the other club being linked, but I think they've decided they've got enough outside backs. You know what, the, the interesting part of the Adokar situation is Melbourne has still got him under contract next year, and they are saying he will not go unless they get something in return. They want a good player in return for right. Josh Adokar, and they will not let him go. They will dig their heels in. Well, they tried Tommy Talao from the West yeah. Tigers. They said, okay, yeah. if you want Josh Adokar, you can have him, but we want Tommy Talao. But the Tigers torpedoed yeah. that. Uh, Telstra yeah. changed their tune on Warriors Vodafone sponsorship. Boys, would you like to talk about that as the Dogs lead the Warriors 10-6? 
I think sanity prevailed. The Vodafone have been such a huge part of the Warriors yeah. um, for the club's entire existence. Mm. I think all the challenges and the sacrifices that the Warriors have been prepared to make as a club and as a team and as an organisation this year, the NRL deserve to show them some goodwill in return. And so as a result, I think Phil Gould also uh, was involved and spoke to people who he knows in the industry and in the media and whatnot, and as a result, they've been allowed to remain on board as a major sponsor. Can you fill me in on it? Hoops, so Vodafone, so Telstra didn't want Vodafone as a sponsor on a jersey. That's it, yeah. Telstra's got the naming rights, and so they basically said, okay, well, if we're going to be the number one sponsor here, then we don't want Vodafone, who's a direct rival with ours, any longer associated with rugby league. But that's Mm. hard on clubs. Very hard. Especially yeah, I mean, when the Warriors if it's a have added sponsor, so let's just yep. say VB sponsor the game, then 4X can't come in and sponsor the Maroons or the Broncos or the Titans. I think that's a little bit unfair. Absolutely. Okay. Well, but you mm. can you can say that, but considering what Telstra would pay to sponsor the the NRL, you know they they are possibly entitled to some exclusivity, but that's an argument. I don't know for how much day. they pay, but then there's other clubs that need to put their money on their jerseys. They don't pick, give any money to the Warriors. Mm. No, you're right, Gordy. Uh, Does la- Bankstown RSL get exclusivity with you? They do. Bankstown yeah. RSL get an ex- like exclusivity around, like I think it's a 20K radius. But yeah, if I'm in there at the Star Buffet or having a foe or a lovely something from Twisted yeah. Noodle, I don't even what think do about all foe? that. What do you have, a foe? A foe, yeah. But I like Twisted Noodle if I'm in there at the great Bankstown RSL, the world famous. Boys, Can uh, you take me there when COVID's over? Oh, absolutely. Mate, We'd love mate, to have I'd you there. I'd love to go there. We would love to have you there. The, mate, the food sounds amazing. Oh, mate, you've got no idea. It's worth getting in a plane. I tell you what, it's worth Breaking sneaking over the border wow. or, or something, parachuting out of a plane. Because if I come to New South Wales, I don't have to, uh, I don't have to quarantine, but coming back Coming home, back, you do, yeah. yeah mm. Well, you can always stay at Hoops' joint. He's got plenty of room. Mm. <laughs> um, uh, now, well, actually, what you could do is stay at – you could stay at Wendell's place because he's in quarantine. Yeah, true. there you go. That would work, wouldn't it? Um, latest could news. Stay at Candies. You could stay at Candies, but you know, you, you never know what, what might they might get stay up to. Stay at my house. I'm not going to fit in the front door at Candies. It's like a little <laughs> doll's house. We got we got a study <laughs> saves on land tax and everything. <laughs> we got a studio down the back, Gordy. You can stay down yeah. there, mate. Oh, yeah. studio. God, it's like a little yeah. cubby house, Candies. Yeah. You are flying ready with bed. the studio. Mm. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I tell you what, Gordy. We've got three spare rooms at our place, but you're not staying there <laughs> now. Uh, the no, latest. I know. I won't stay in the spare room if I stay there. <laughs> <laughs> you grub. You grub. Uh, uh, latest news on the coaching merry-go-round. Let me start with the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Will watch. Dean Young get the job? I hear, Reedy, he's very pally pally with Hook. He is, yeah. They. they... Uh, coached together with Tonga. I think they were, on, they were, they were co-assistants there um, with the Tongan side, and they built, built up quite a good relationship. So uh, I understand Dean Young still talks to Anthony Griffin quite often. So uh, maybe if Dean gets a job there, that Anthony may be on his staff there. Because okay. I think uh, there was a story today, wasn't there, Hoops, that um, Flanagan will be gone at the end of the mm. year. Is that right? I Did I read Buzz, that somewhere? Yeah, that's been around for the last couple of weeks now. So initially when Shane Flanagan signed with the Dragons, we thought it was a two-year deal, mm. uh, that it was a one-year deal, and then there was an option in the favour of the club. But it's not. It was just a straight-out 12-month deal. So I'm not sure whether uh, Shane will remain there beyond this season or not. Interesting to see Dave Ferner also yeah. linked with the Dragons' head coaching role in the papers today as well. I, I think he'd be a good candidate. Mm. 
All right, boys. Now, the other couple of ones we need to cover off on, there's been still no word on the Cowboys coaching job, Reedy, but you're saying it's sort of down to like two or three. And you think Sean Wayne might be a – he's a UK coach. I still think Todd Payton's the favourite for the job, Mm -hmm. but I think the market's closed where – to the point where Sean Wayne isn't far off mm. um, favouritism. I think I think Todd Payton's definitely the man who's still the front runner, but apparently Sean Wayne interviewed very well, uh, as did John Carwright. They're both on a short list, uh, along with um, uh, along with Toddy Payton. Uh, mm. And I think they've got a second round. I think they may have had their second round of, round of interviews, uh-huh. maybe on Friday, just kind of. It might be this Friday. I can't remember. I don't get um, this interview process. Yeah, well, I think Gordy, they just were glad you said that. How Gordy? do you reckon if it was all blank and you had to interview Craig Bellamy or Wayne Bennett? Well, how do you reckon they'd interview? I don't think they would have. If, if, they, <laughs> if they had in their mind, Gordy, that mm. um, they, they get, wanted yeah. Craig or Wayne, they'd just go and no, no, try no, them just, out. But, no, well, because Craig got interviewed by the Raiders and Matthew mm. Elliott beat him in an interview. Yeah. Yeah. He some people a interview, interview better. Matty some, Elliott, apparently. Some people have that silver tongue. Mm i.e. Anthony Seabolt, Mm. where they can go there and they can talk and they – no, like, and they present really well. Mm. And some people don't. They are and they are, but like a Craig Bellamy press conference or a Des Hasler press conference or a Wayne Bennett press conference, and sometimes their messages doesn't come as clean as what someone that, you know, reads more books. But it doesn't mean that they can't coach footy. Yeah. Well, just on that, Sean Wayne. When the last successful UK coach or the last UK coach would it be Mal Reilly? Mal Reilly, yeah. And the Johns boys speak so well. Yeah. They would. They won a premiership, didn't they, with Mal Reilly? Apparently, Sean Wayne's a, he's a great man manager, and mm. he also interviewed for the Warriors job. And apparently, he wowed the people at the Warriors with um, his conversations he had with with the Warriors people. But mm-hmm. obviously, Nathan Brown um, got the job over there. But uh, great success in in England with Wigan. Current England coach, uh, he's desperate for a chance out here, Sean Wayne. So, uh, as I said, I still, I still think Todd Payton's a favourite for that job, but I don't think Sean Wayne's far behind him. Okay. Now, we all – well, you – the experts believe that Seabold won't be at the Broncos next year. Who will get the job if Seabold goes at the end of the year? Are we thinking Kevy Walters will finally get tipped in? <laughs> Well, I, I, you know, all the mail is it's out of Kevy and Paul Green. Right. Um, and I think ultimately probably Kevy will – I think they'll decide, decide to go with Kevy. I think what's crucial for Kevy is that he surrounds himself with the right people. When it, you know, when it gets to that point, if and when it gets to that point, I think Kevy needs to go to them and say, I've got Anthony Griffin, I've got Steve Kearney, I've got my staff ready to go. And I think he's – I think he's – I think they know that. I think there's talk Petro going back there in some form of role – in the footy operations uh, department if Kevy gets the job. Um, but I think he, he just needs to make sure he's got the right people around him and, and I think he'll get the job. He's smart enough to do that. Hmm. And I know some people that he's going to bring back and they're the best at what they do at other clubs, you know. So I'm not going to steal Kevy Sunder. It's his job to go there because other people are employed at other clubs. But I think he's got all of his staff lined up whenever, you know, the go button is pressed for Kevy. Well, I think... In closing this, we know that Kevy can do the job, A. B, it's a, it's a great way to get the Broncos members and, and fans straight back on side, straight back on board. It's an immediate fix. Like, mm. you resolve all those issues. There's been so much bad blood between the old boys and the management of the club um, get, dating back a number of seasons now. But if you put Kevy in there, he's such a favourite son. He's got so much support amongst all the retired champion players. Automatically, you 
garner them immediately and they're all on board. Okay, it's uh, half time. Canterbury 10, Warriors 6 on the tyre power scoreboard. We'll take a break and come back with more as Triple M rocks the footy. Sunday Sydney. Nice to be with you on a Sunday afternoon. Triple M rocks footy. Welcome back to it. It's uh, 10-6 at half time. The Dogs lead the Warriors on the Tyre Power scoreboard, but we are here for our mates at Bryden's Lawyers. They commit, protect and succeed. They've been in the biz for more than 40 years, so they definitely earned the term exports, and we love them, and we deal with them, and we know that they are good, and they're rugby league lovers as well. So uh, we've got Reedy filling in for Paul Kent today. We've got James Triceps Hooper. We've got Gordy Tallis and Maroon. Um, it's funny, but we've still got here in the offices of the Sunday Simbin, we've got a, an answering machine, which we check it every, I don't know, couple of weeks we check it. Producers here aren't overly keen on checking the phone, not overly keen on doing too much. But we've got a message on our answering machine from a bloke that calls himself Ross Buzzfield. So uh, let's have a listen to what Ross Buzzfield has left on our machine. You know, and I've heard that that Anthony Maroon has a few issues outside the studio. He's been caught flying drones over Little Congal, which is a new to speech, down near his property in Little Bay. And he's also been caught t- taking cash. And I don't mean small sums. I'm talking big wads of cash. He's a South fan that gives it to the Roosters and and, and their concept of, you know, the paper bag. Anthony Maroon is the paper bag. (laughs) (laughs) So that's lovely. That's uh, Ross Buzzfield. I know where he gets his information from. He's very accurate. mm, I don't know that he's that accurate. uh, Ross Buzzfield. I I like him. Yeah. Should get him on 360. He's obviously trying to do a bit of a parody of Buzz Rothfield, Mm. who's one of the best journos in the business. Mm, Absolutely Uh, he is. And, (laughs) yeah, I'll tell you what, he he doesn't do a bad impersonation. Well, the difference between Ross Buzzfield doesn't check his... Facts. Because I would they argue were, he does. Well, I thought what he had to offer there was highly accurate. Well, it was not accurate at all. But Ross Buzzfield, you're welcome to leave one on the answering machine every week if you like. One eight hundred Red Rocket and leave a message there. <laughs> and we're going to take a break and come back with the last hour as Triple M rocks the footy. Triple M rocks the NRL twenty four seven through the Triple M app. Thanks to Ream, steady, hot, and strong. Install a Ream.